0: Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche
1: and Amelia Cassano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network 105.3 FM in New Orleans.
2: Good evening everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live here on the United Public Radio Network 105.3 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. So thank you Folgers. We appreciate you so very much. Also big thank you to Uh, Justice Snicker, Dr. Snick the Sonic Surgeon uh, for our intro and outro and uh, you can find him basically anywhere music can be found and he is an award winning composer of Halloween horror sci-fi and dark wave electronic music tis the season, check him out also big thank you to Steve McGinnis for the artwork that we have for the outer realm and uh, Lord only knows we love our banners so thank you, thank you Tonight, wow, tonight, all I can say is, wow, the Outer Realm welcomes for the very first time Samuel Chong. He's going to be discussing, and I don't even know if I'm going to say this, I'm going to butcher it, and I'm going to ask him how to say it. But the uh, uh, Theuba Prophecy, um, which is a book by, um, the author is, is actually deceased, but by Michel de Marquette. And this book is just gonna be mind blowing. It pretty much is going to talk to you about the meaning of life, about Michelle's um alien abductions or messages for, for humanity, just for reincarnation, ancient history. Um, there may even be some prophetic stuff in there. It's just gonna be amazing. Um, you know, just Amazing, that's all I'm going to say. So, in order to do that, uh, please head over to any of the eight chat rooms that are simultaneously on right now. We're airing, uh, with Facebook, it's uh, Canada's Most Haunted is UFO Paranormal Radio, it's United Public Radio News on the Flip Side, Joe Montaldo, UFO Undercover. Um, as for YouTube, again, UFO Paranormal, UFO Gods and Extraterrestrials, and of course, the Outer Realm, and don't forget Facebook, of course, the Outer Realm, because I'm going to even forget that, honestly, probably because I didn't see it to the very bottom. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, I just having one of those stinking days, that's all I can <laughs> say, <laughs> um, and I see people are chiming in, so I see our guest is also here, so Amelia, if you want to, go Absolutely. ahead.
1: Absolutely, my gosh, my honor. Tonight's guest, Samuel Chong, is a certified court, and there goes my screen. Hold on. <laughs> not, really? It's one of those
2: days. It's there Mercury we go. Retrograde.
1: Let me, it, there's six planets in retrograde from what I read today, yes. but anyways, yes. let us start yes, right. over. Please forgive me. Samuel Chong is a certified court interpreter and a Chinese translator in Los Angeles. He was instrumental in arranging for the Chinese publication of Michelle Desmarque's book, Thyuba Prophecy, which has been a bestseller in both China and Taiwan, a rare phenomenon. He also translated the book, 334% Lies, the revelation of H.M. versus Stahl, an autobiography of the high master of the chair of a secret society that was started in Germany. Can't wait to hear more.
2: Well, he's here. Yay.
1: Hello. <laughs> How are you? Hi, Samuel. How are you?
0: Good. Very good. Thanks for good. having me. I this.
1: hope we
2: didn't butcher oh. the name of that book. My gosh. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. And, and um, we're so honored. And I've definitely been researching all of this and watched, you know, of course, some other um, interviews that you've done. So needless to say, very intrigued over here. But how I want to start off is how do you pronounce this? Because I'm sure I'm just we're both butchering this thing.
0: Theolba. Okay,
2: Theolba. So I wasn't too far off. Okay, thank you. It yeah, just like sounded it out, so- just like it sounds.
1: Yeah. Okay. My Italian background it messes with me every time I have to pronounce something.
2: It's because you got to put a little flair every
1: time you I talk. I always have to <laughs> sing. I have to sing it right. I have to sing it. Remember, I spoke Italian it. before America. English, so my mind
2: still works that way it goes into yeah. it. yes <laughs> well thank you samuel um i want to be able to get as much in as possible here because i know there's just so much information but where i like to start of course is the beginning um why this book like were you soul searching yourself for something or did you come upon like come upon it and just get intrigued why this book
0: yeah, I was always curious about uh, the um, paranormal. And yeah. I was uh, always uh, having a lot of questions, such as, um, what are the ghosts, the Great Pyramid? Who built it? And for what purposes? What yes. happened really in the Bermuda Triangle? I was looking for like a book that can answer all those questions, and including the questions I heard about the Bible. So um, I-, I believe that... Um, if we are to learn from anyone out of space, we should learn from the best. Uh, the best ETs, they should have all the knowledge and answer everything, every possible paranormal event that occurs on Earth on Earth. So, so in my subconscious mind, I was looking for, always looking for this one book that Kind of like, uh, it's a, it's a, like kind of gives like a. Looking into this, it, was,
2: it's, it definitely has a mix of everything. Do you feel that like this is essentially just a book about life on average?
0: Yes, it's really a book of life, um, mm-hmm. on life, the secret of life, the purpose of life, and also a lot of um, the interesting aspects of uh, how we are doing in in current uh, world. And mm. what we need to do to improve, how we can improve.
2: Right. So what brought Michelle to write this book? He was, well, obviously, there's a big story. This is the, you know, this is it, right? So can you start with that and just lead us through?
0: Well, he was uh, actually uh, ordered to write this book, to write about what really Happened to him. Okay. He was taken by this group of um, beautiful looking and benevolent, all loving ETs to their planet for about nine days and then came back. And he witnessed a lot of uh, interesting things and also got a lot of answers, such as uh, where we came from originally and what happened to the ancient civilizations, what are the ghosts. And also, uh, what happened to uh, the stories in the Bible, like Moses or Jesus, Christ, and really, what are the involvements of the ETs to us throughout history?
2: Wow, so he was, I guess, you know, um, an experiencer. So he was taken on board a ship. Did he specify which extraterrestrials? Um, Let's just say, borrowed him. <laughs> I hate to say, abducted, because it sounds like he had really great experiences. Um, and there's such a stigma, a bad stigma, attached to you know um, these sort of contacts.
0: Yes, he was uh, taken by this group of uh, beautiful-looking ETs. That um, they're really tall, eight foot or nine foot tall. Uh, they have blonde hair. They're Nordic-looking. Uh, they have all the abilities to perform miracles like Jesus did in the past. Wow. And they could oh, levitate. They never age. They're forever looking, forever young looking. And, uh, and they, they also can uh, communicate through telepathy. So hmm. they can do all the wonderful things uh, that they, they did and present to Michel de Marquet. Sorry. So they belong to a category nine planet
2: wow okay um so i I mean i guess being being given all of this information whether i imagine there's messages that were for mankind for the rest of us so what did he do with all of that information was he allowed to talk about this had many years passed before he could reach out and, and like how long before these experiences and the time that he wrote the book, was this compiled over, let's say, a year a lifetime of experiences? If you can break that down. Mm-hmm.
0: The, uh, the event happened in 1987 okay. uh, in June, uh, near where he lived in, uh, near Keynes, Australia. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a book two years after in 1989, he finished re- writing the book mm-hmm. um, and in 1989, and the book got published in 1991. And uh, after he wrote the book, he went on a lot of uh, public, public lectures, but people at that time, uh, most of the people didn't believe him, uh, including his wife. Who uh, thought he was having an affair with another woman for night. Um,
1: oh my gosh! Because he was missing.
0: Yes, he was missing yes. for 90s. Yes. Yeah, um,
1: that's easier to believe than the other story.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So after he came back, um, he, uh, his wife, um, really was really bitter about uh, him and divorced him. So oh. He, yeah, he complained a lot and, and had a major depression and uh, emotional breakdown. Um, oh. Yeah, but there are some people who took uh, his messages and followed him. Um, I learned about the book in nineteen, in actually two thousand fourteen, um, on Amazon. Right. So I I read the book and I was determined to look for him because uh, um, I really it was really interested in what else he experience and and learned and he didn't put in a book
2: mm-hmm. and, <laughs>
0: and so, so, yeah so i did a lot of research on the internet and find out where he was at that time um i didn't know about his exact address but i i found a, a photo uh, where a tourist like in which a tourist took uh, um where he lived like a bungalow Mm -hmm. And I decided to take the chance to fly to Vietnam, where he was living at that time, um, and to really um, just land it there. And then I I showed a picture to the taxi driver, and the taxi driver uh, took me to his place.
2: Really? Yes. That's interesting. (laughs) Wow. Wow. How did he know?
0: Well, he didn't know I was coming. Um, and, uh, the first time that I met him, he, after he learned that I was looking for him because of the book, he was really annoyed because he was a private person. He didn't Aww. want to be bothered by, by this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did,
1: did you, I just need to be off trail for just a second. Did you have any experiences as a, as a young child that created this deep interest and thirst for knowledge of experiences?
0: Well, I was uh, always curious about everything. I was uh, really interested in learning the reasons and the causes for the paranormal. Um, I had a dream when I was in elementary school. I remember that I was so eager to move up to a different level, um, and I really wanted to see how I could advance much faster. I didn't want to stay here. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Okay. <clears throat>
2: no. Just um, curious
1: because you, one doesn't just pick up a book on, you know, someone's experience unless there's something that has happened or a deep desire for more.
2: Because it's a really deep book.
1: It, it is. Yeah.
0: Yes. It contains a lot of um, specific verifiable details that people can actually research and look up um, mm. for more information. And I did a lot of research and found every single detail in the book, every single detail mentioned Mm. in the book can be verified. And and the things that that cannot be verified now seems to be the facts that can be verified in the future. (laughs) For example, there's one detail in the book saying that the moon is actually moving closer to earth. Right, Uh, yes. Yeah, so the current, conventional wisdom is that the moon is actually moving farther from Earth by four centimeters away each year. But that fact was a fact that scientists learned about 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And there's actually no recent revalidation of the data. And there are some people really question about uh, the distance between Earth and the moon. And uh, some people really suggest that the moon is actually moving closer to Earth. And this book is so specific that says that, you know, about um, 198,000 years or so, the moon, our moon will crash onto the earth.
2: Oh, really?
0: Yes.
2: Does, is there any insight? Um, because there's a belief system that the moon is not even a celestial body, that it's actually a man-made base, I guess.
0: It's actually true, because this book- (laughs) (laughs) it. (laughs) This book actually, I actually clarify by saying that the moon has a man-made base on the far side, on the backside. Wow. Um, This book is so specific that says that about 300,000 years ago, uh, there was a group of uh, people from another planet trying to migrate to Earth. And they used the far side of the moon as the transfer station. So they actually built a uh, human base, a base, uh, and then for them to stay over a little bit of time and then transfer themselves onto Earth. And they actually landed on the continent of Lemuria. Ah,
2: Lemuria. Yes. Um, (laughs) Lemuria. Um, So basically, there's ancient knowledge attached to this book. Um, it speaks a little bit from what I heard you say about Atlantis, Lemuria, uh, building of some of these like monuments that they had for the time, uh, such as pyramids. Do you want to touch on that?
0: Yes, uh, indeed. Uh, ancient Sanhedrin <coughs> uh, always built uh, pyramids once they believed that the uh, they were spiritually mature enough to handle the two, they built a pyramid as a tool to accumulate the cosmic energy. Mm So on the continent of uh, Lemuria, and also later on in ancient Egypt, they built the Great Pyramids in order to communicate with people from other planets by using the energy accumulated from the universe. They also used the Great Pyramid, the Pyramid, as a two, along with um, some metal alloys to concentrate energy in the sky so that clouds can be formed, and rain would come down. So they could actually uh, control the weather using the pyramid as a two.
2: (laughs) Interesting. Okay, here's the magic question. How were they built?
0: Oh, great. Um,
2: <laughs> I know,
1: <right? laughs> well, We were too relaxed to when question. you answered that. that I was know. just too relaxed.
0: <laughs> so in ancient civilizations, uh, they had great technologies, such as anti-gravitational technologies. Um, on the continent of Lemuria, they built the pyramid in their, in their capital using anti-gravitational technologies and also using supersonic vibrational systems to cut the huge stones in a precise manner. And then they build in a certain way that it can actually absorb cosmic energy. Uh, similarly, the Great Pyramid in Egypt, according to this book, as told by the ETs, uh, it was built actually 17,000 years ago by a learned person from Atlantis named Thoth, T-H-O-T-H. Uh, during, during the nine year period of time, he built the Great Pyramid of Egypt. And the pharaohs of ancient Egypt actually used the Great Pyramid in the correct way uh, of communicating with uh, people from other planets.
2: Okay, interesting. And let's um, see, people will tell you nowadays, archeologists, mainstream academics will say no. That's not a thing. So they call us conspiracy theorists if we lean towards um, that theory. And did they explain, um, you know, what happened to the ancient Atlanteans and the Lemurians? Because we know, I mean, obviously they've disappeared. And we know that the Lemurians at some point ended up over the other side of the Atlantic and, you know, South America built, it's believed Easter Island,
0: uh, things of that nature? Yes, it's uh, very. Uh, it it <coughs> actually mentions a lot about uh, the details of what happened, uh, gives a lot of uh, specific and interesting descriptions. Michel de Marquet, the author, was actually taken into um, the uh, Akashic record and actually right. experienced what happened 14,500 years ago when the entire continent of Lemuria sunk into the ocean. Mm-hmm. What happened was that he uh, actually uh, saw that the king of Lemuria was having a council meeting with his councils or counselors and they were discussing about the possibilities of a major earthquake coming towards them mm-hmm. and uh, suddenly earthquake occurred and because of the gaseous spells beneath the continent um, there was also very strong volcanic activity and suddenly the entire continent sunk into the ocean just like overnight. Uh, There were some remaining parts of the continent that uh, didn't sink, Mm -hmm. uh, like the Easter Island where Mm -hmm. you can still see the great statues of the Moas. Mm -hmm. Um, According to the book, uh, they built the the statues uh, in order to commemorate the people from uh, Theoba. They were about to transport the statues um, to their capital. Um, But Mm -hmm. then the earthquake occurred and then they weren't able to do so.
2: Wow, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. That's fascinating. Um, Okay, so as we move forward, um, let's talk about you mentioned when people were spiritually ready. So this sounds to me like the message has more to do with spirituality. um, As far as let's talk about the meaning of life. Mm
0: -hmm. Is
2: it more from a spiritual standpoint than with what expect, what we're expected to achieve than something else?
0: Yes, by spiritually ready, <clears throat> uh, actually, we did exist a lot of great civilizations on Earth, mm-hmm. like uh, Lemuria is my example, and also um, during a certain period of time in ancient Egypt, where people really focused on their spiritual development, not so much as the material wealth. Mm-hmm. So author Michel de Marquet actually saw that in ancient Lemurian civilization, people really didn't use money. They didn't have money. People just uh, took whatever they needed. No one took advantage of other people. They just mm-hmm. went to the market and grabbed everything that they needed and then went home. Um, and But then after the continent sunk, especially after Atlantis also disappeared, people didn't have the knowledge <laughs> anymore. Uh, because people in Lemuria didn't really... Uh, they actually kept their secret uh, of the knowledge of uh, different technologies. They didn't give it to people in India or or, or China or Africa. So they kept the technologies to themselves. So once they disappeared, all the technologies disappeared. Especially after Atlantis sunk into the ocean, uh, the civilizations went into a decay in which people, especially... uh, more and more we're focusing more on the material aspect of life like uh, any more money or more wealth Mm -hmm. and uh, jealousy turned into hate and and then wars occurred because of this so people really did understand the meaning of life which is uh, to grow as much as possible when spirituality and life is actually uh, a lesson or experience that people can really uh, experience uh, all the challenges and and also learn how to respond to the life challenges in order to learn spiritual lessons. And only by having this kind of uh, challenges or difficulties, we can know how to respond appropriately and how to learn the lessons uh, the right way. And this is actually the essence is to grow one's spirituality.
2: So basically you lose your attachments because people have life of attachments. We attach as human beings to everything. We attach to people, we attach to places, we attach to things. So -hmm. essentially you're saying it's hindering our our evolution. (laughs) Sorry, Amelia, go ahead.
1: No, no, I said, and money. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? I think we see this in modern day. I think we've seen this in our parents' generation that when everybody's equal and in, in the same place, they all get along. But once somebody does well, it's human nature to, for some. Some will cheer them on, and but the majority, they're not so happy. So it creates a division. And mm-hmm. I, I believe that's what happened as well. It's just like the story of Moses. I'm not trying to go to the Bible, but the mm-hmm. way they they changed, you know, when they were walking in the desert. But mm-hmm. um, I'm fascinated by the pyramids. I need to go back because I tried <laughs> to get in before. I saw and read that the tops of the pyramids are never spoken of because that's where all the communication comes through. Is okay. that true? Does he write about that in the book?
0: Well, he wrote uh, how the uh, ancient people used the Great Pyramid. They sat in the middle of the pyramid, probably the mm-hmm. king's chamber, and they yep. did all the meditation. And he actually saw that like a bluish smoke went through that person um, mm-hmm. onto the ceiling of that chamber and then up. And wow. Then it really right had a lot of communication going on.
1: Do we know if anyone still does that there?
0: Well, they could do that in the past because the Great Pyramid was aligned uh, yes. correctly, the location mm-hmm. uh, to the position. And nowadays, because of um, kind of the uh, shifting of the Earth, the location mm-hmm. is not as precisely as before. I wonder
1: mm-hmm. if something otherworldly created that little rift or wave. Mm-hmm.
2: Makes you wonder because yeah, the, the, the pyramids. Energy that were intended to be tombs, um, resting places really. I've been to the pyramids and I don't think it was ever a resting place in the Great Pyramid for the King. People also report having unbelievable um, spiritual experiences in there. Some people have even claimed that they've had a bit of a time slip in there and then shift right back. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, it is actually a very amazing um, structure. And a lot of uh, scientists recently published papers on on the Great Pyramid of the pyramid, saying that uh, it can prove how the pyramid um, accumulates cosmic energy, mm-hmm. and uh, it's fascinating research. It is mm-hmm. my gosh.
2: Well, it's still a topic of debate even today. Let's while we're on the topic of Egypt, let's talk about the Sphinx. Oh, mm. <laughs> I know, it's another good one
0: <laughs> So one thing uh, Michel de Marquet didn't put in the book was about the Sphinx He mm-hmm. says that uh, there are three chambers beneath the Sphinx and when we are ready, when the time is up the chambers can be opened and everything will be revealed I find this to be very similar to what Edgar Casey said uh, mm-hmm. about the Sphinx and also a Russian person who claimed that um, there is also something uh, beneath the Sphinx. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michel de Marquet specifically mentioned that if we try to open the chambers of the Sphinx now, we will not be able to do so, even if we are to use explosives, because uh, it's just um, we are not ready yet.
2: Right. So it's a consciousness thing as well. Um, so I'm okay. Well, we have a quick
0: question, Amelia. What
1: does he mean by uh, Chris asks, Hi, Chris. What is the chamber between the feet?
2: Yeah, isn't there one that they have found <clears throat> <clears throat> between I, I think, the feet, yeah. like physically? Mm-hmm. There's a chamber.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, so
2: the oh. chamber is under. Yes. So,
0: so you see the the sphinx, uh, underneath the sphinx, um, from the feet towards the body. So it's like a long uh, rectangular shape mm-hmm. and beneath that there are three chambers, according to Michel de Marquet. Mm-hmm. And I don't think uh, the Egyptian uh, government will allow anyone to do additional research or just open it up because uh, it's very political.
1: Is it something that is historically kept in records there to the, that's open to the public or is this a theory?
0: Um, There are some ancient records uh, that indicate there's something uh, beneath the Sphinx.
1: Very interesting. It Mm -hmm. does make sense, though. Why wouldn't there be? They seem to really um, make great use of all space, and there was a purpose for every space. So I couldn't see there being a space and not a purpose. Mm
2: -hmm. It
1: just makes sense in so many ways.
2: You can't deny that, right? I think to the Egyptians, everything had a purpose. A lot of the ancient civilizations, everything had a purpose. I don't think they built just to commemorate something. I think they built because it had functionality. Um, Okay, so let's hop around a little bit. Um, Bermuda Triangle. Oh, love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I've done my homework. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bermuda Triangle. What's the story with the Bermuda Triangle?
0: is actually a a warp or like a portal to a parallel universe. That's Uh, what I think.
1: (laughs) That's what I think. I'm afraid to fly to Bermuda. It's one of the islands I haven't seen. And I'm so (laughs) afraid because I'm like, I'm the person that would fall through that portal. It would be me. (laughs) If anybody's going, it's going to be me. So they do, it's a, a, okay, Chris says a triangle portal. Then Samuel, Mm. you agree with that or is it round? No,
0: it's actually uh, Michel de didn't really see the shape, but he actually went into a parallel universe before getting on their spaceship. Oh so my gosh. So he actually experienced what it is like inside the parallel universe. Mm-hmm. He saw just people wearing medieval clothes, walking around. He also saw people like um, Stone Age people, like um, savages who couldn't Mm. really communicate in modern languages. So people were trapped there, and time stops in a parallel parallel universe. Mm -hmm. And people there don't feel any pain, and they don't feel hungry or hunger or thirst. Um, I find that to be very, very interesting because I don't know if you know a person named uh, David Paulides. Yes. Yeah, who wrote a series of books on uh, Missing 411 many yes. people who uh, who really missing or went mm-hmm. dead in national parks in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And When they found a corpse, they're far away that uh, they couldn't have possibly walked that far in that short period of time. Um, and some of the corpse he found were so kind of um, abnormal that uh, he could see the bones. It's like they walked to their bones, like they didn't feel any pain at all wow <laughs> so wow. they didn't feel any pain and then Michel de marquette was told that people in the parallel universe don't feel any pain so that matches it does match um
2: so i mean there are power spots portals vortexes all over this planet i mean i think a lot of these ancient civilizations built on these spots for a reason uh, maybe it's a time travel thing um maybe it's you know getting into these different dimensions or parallel universe so with this theory that means we could be slipping in and out of parallel universes all the time
0: yes
2: crap how do we get back <laughs> That's okay. what i want to know okay. i'm not too fond of this one some days <laughs> Like, is there an app
0: So so it's very interesting that uh, David Pilatus did a lot of research on where people normally went missing. So he has a map showing the clusters of where people disappeared. So those are the places in which the parallel universe sphere uh, flows around. Mm -hmm. So they're not just in one location all the time, They, they move around. And then when you want to get out, you have to be really careful because you might be in the middle of the air And then when you try to get out, you might fall. So you could
2: drop on like a a 10-story building or something if you just land, let's say, beside the building and not on the building, is what you're saying. That could be, yeah, that could not be good. So Mm. is it sort of like this matrix thing? It it really is. Like, is this a simulation? Are we just, you know, or is this just really a time slip? We've just slipped into another dimension.
0: I think it's a natural phenomenon uh, that um, just the spheres of parallel universe exist right. on Earth, in the, in space. And I think uh, if uh, NASA or some other scientific organizations really want, want to do some research, they can just use uh, um, electromagnetic sensors to mm-hmm. see where they see the anomalies. And then just draw them out. And, and I tried, them, but no man believed in me. So <laughs> right. right. No, dang it.
1: But I wonder, Samuel, if perhaps they have done this and they just don't want to lead on that they are aware of things. I think that's an
2: easier... Maybe they're just leaving holes everywhere. <laughs> <Because sighs> I mankind think the seems as well. to get things right. Okay, we'll, we'll get to some questions before we get too far ahead, Amelia. Yes,
1: no problem. Hi, Steve. Uh, Steve White says, How interesting. A question referring to the Bermuda Triangle because we don't see hardly any more ships or planes disappearing in today's okay. times. Yep. Is it possible that this portal was open during those times that they disappeared and now closed? Is there a possibility of reopening? Somebody just curious and loves the subject. Thank you, Steve. White. Yeah, That,
2: that actually makes sense. We don't really hear about that. No. We heard about, um, I, I did on another research for a show, there was a ship that disappeared back in 2019 or 2020. And I think there were like nine people on board, something like that. They disappeared and they have never been found. And that's probably the first one that I've heard of in like years and years. I, I think if they're
1: disappearing that um, we're not even told. I mean, there are many Maybe. pirate ships out there and ships that are in waters that no one is aware of. I mean, we're not aware of everything. No, there's so. supposed
2: to be an alien base under there too. Yeah,
1: how are we to Our know pyramid? that there isn't something, like that there aren't people actually disappearing?
2: Oh. Okay, here's a theory. There's there They have believed to have found a pyramid in the Atlantic Ocean in that area. So as we're talking about energy... So what are your thoughts on that? Is that the portal? Are we? Why aren't we seeing as much
0: disappearing
2: there? Or why aren't we being told?
0: Right, better I mean, question. The Bermuda, the Bermuda Triangle is probably one of the most well known locations where uh, ships and planes disappear. But there are other locations, other warps or portals on Earth that uh, are lesser known. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you Follow uh, David Pilatus, you're going to see that he still does a lot of research on on the missing people. And Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of people missing, go missing every year in national parks.
2: Yes. 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 Right. So it's not so much Bermuda. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Uh,
1: Yellowstone is one of the biggest. um, It's got Mm -hmm. the most missing people out of all of the national parks. and. Law enforcement will say it's because it's so large. How could you possibly, you know, not get lost? Or of course there's more Mm -hmm. people there, but that's not true. Just Mm -hmm. saying that's not true because when you take a hike anywhere, you have to register before you can go up so that they know whether or not to send forest rangers in to help you in case you hurt yourself Mm -hmm. if you're camping or walking. So they are aware of the Mm -hmm. percentages I, Tamara, says, over the Great Lakes in Canada, planes and ships have gone missing. That is On-
2: true. Ontario has a, um, Lake Ontario has a Bermuda Triangle. It's called the Lake over- Ontario Triangle. Yeah. 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 And it extends out to the east coast of Canada. So, yeah. So, there, there appears to be some of these all over the place, um, obviously. But while we're talking about, you know, parallel universes, talk about time travel.
0: Mm. Yes, um, the book mentioned about time travel, and it's actually helping, It'll remember the book was written in the late 80s, and it actually pointed out that um, why the US government at that time were, was not able to develop successfully a time machine yet. So it says that uh, um, there's, um, the Akashic Record is real because when a planet is born, um, there's going to be like a cocoon shape of uh, a cyclosphere that rotates seven times the speed of light. So this book is very particular, is so into the details and give you a specific number, like seven times the speed of light. Mm-hmm. Recording, so that kind of cyclosphere records everything happens on a planet. So learned person with practice can actually access Uh, the Akashic record Mm -hmm. and experience and see what happened in the past the future is a different story because uh, even for uh, the Theobans from category 9 planet, the highest level of category Mm -hmm. they can only predict what's going to happen in about 100 years or so they cannot predict farther or, or more advanced than that and the reason is that future is dependable on our actions, mm-hmm. our decisions. So the futures can be changed, but the past is fixed. So that's why you can go back to the past. Interesting. Probably yeah. You can only see like what's generally about to happen in the future and probably and probably and possibly going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. So the book was, was telling the U.S. government that... Uh, in order to successfully develop a, like, a time machine, they should focus on the vibrations, not so much as the wavelengths. So mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant, but it made me think about the Philadelphia experiment. That's and right. They, they projected the um, mm-hmm. frequency of 400 something megahertz. Mm-hmm.
2: That's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, Tesla was a part of that, and he always said the key to the universe is through vibration and frequency. Mm-hmm. But both, so you're saying that they've never got the vibration right.
0: Right,
2: right. Ah, that's really fascinating. <laughs> so, mm, anybody listening, get it right, get it right. Um, okay, so let's let's get back to the paranormal a little bit. Um, you say the book talks about ghosts. So, what what are ghosts? What was yeah. what was he told? Ghosts were.
0: So ghosts, according to him, or or the ET, um, they are actually made of electrons. So we have a physical body, we also have our astral body. Our astral body is made of uh, electrons. So when a person dies, 81% here you go again, very specific numbers. 81% of electrons go Mm. with your astral body uh, to your higher self. The other 19% remains on Earth in nature until they're recycled by nature or reunited with your astral body. Mm. That 19% of the electrons, because of static forces, resemble the person when the person was alive. I mean, the shape, the shape of that person. And also because electrons also have memories, they remember... They remember thirteen things that the person did or familiar with uh, when the person was alive. Right. Well, they remember the things they hated or loved. Okay,
2: that's interesting. So it's not like Joe. It's not like a dimensional bleed through. (laughs) It's like our producer calls
1: everything a dimensional.
2: I know our producer calls everything a dimensional bleed through. It's like what? So okay, so that's interesting. So um let's touch on reincarnation then, life mm-hmm. reviews, things like that.
0: Yes, I I think uh, people familiar with the works of uh, Dr. Raymond Moody, Dr. Ian Stevenson, uh, Dr. Brian Weiss, uh, mm. and a lot of Dr. Michael Newton, they know that they these doctors did a lot of research on reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And so the author, Michel de Marquet, actually saw his previous 80 lives, his past 80 lives. He was uh, um, like a a beggar a few times, like a Mm -hmm. mining worker in Germany, um, like a a hermit uh, living in mountains, uh, like a goldsmith in Japan. Mm -hmm. And also a few times, uh, like just common people. Uh, But he, he was also once a queen of a large country on another planet. Mm-hmm. So he all the different past lives he lived before. And um, reincarnation is real. And through the different lives, he learned different life lessons, spiritual lessons. And this, is, um, um, this was his uh, 81st life. And mm-hmm. uh, 81 is actually a magical number. It's mentioned a few times in the book. Um, meaning that uh, he is down with another grid cycle,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. and this could happen on any planet. It doesn't necessarily mean here on planet Earth. You can reincarnate anywhere as anything.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was on different planets a few times, and each mm-hmm. time, and he recommended Doctor Raymond Moody's book for a reason that uh, he also believes that uh, uh, once a person dies the person will reveal how he did in, in or she did in the lifetime. And he would be able to feel how the other people felt when mm-hmm. he did certain things onto the other people. Mm-hmm. And then he would also uh, take the opposite role of being the, reception, the person who received his actions and mm-hmm. to feel how to experience how that was felt by the mm-hmm. other person. Yeah.
2: Right. And how does the life review work according to what Michelle was told.
0: It's like a it's like a film, a movie, but more like a, a holographic film in mm-hmm. which he would be able to see everything, feel everything, and uh, not just mm-hmm. himself's feelings, but also other people's feelings. So yeah. this is after after one dies and, and before one born before one decides to be born on earth, and one also sees, uh, have a preview of uh, one's life, uh, and, uh, mm. and then choose to be born or not. Wow.
2: Wow.
1: Oh, you can make that choice not that to come back. Yes. Huh. That just made me so happy because I'm really tired of being here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to back up again with uh, questions where we get too far ahead. Uh, there we go.
1: Yep, Steve White says that's also interesting. So, as far as the theory goes, that a spirit is electromagnetic energy once he or she enters the afterlife, what are your thoughts on this? Is it in fact electromagnetic energy, or is it possibly something other or both? Thank you. Just curious about your thoughts.
0: They're actually uh, electrons, so when one dies the uh, the body goes away and reunites with one's higher self. So they're all made of electrons. One electron can store a lot of memory, enough to store all the books in a, in a library. Mm. So we remember everything from our past lives if we are able to use some kind of uh, technique to do so. But when one is... Uh, born onto the earth everything is re- erased so um that's why we don't remember normally like we don't remember what happened in our know, previous life. it's and a cruel happened. joke yes
2: yes <laughs> you're supposed to keep improving but you're not allowed to remember where you messed up <laughs> it's just it's a cycle it just keeps going <laughs>
1: so Wayne, best news ever i agree i know
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm so happy um okay so let's um it's difficult because i want to touch on extraterrestrial let's touch on extraterrestrials and we'll save the sensitive stuff um a little as we move along so extraterrestrials obviously there's you know he had a wonderful experience michelle had you know sounds to me like he had nordics or palladians or something along that line they seem to be very advanced and very kind a lot of people report not having really kind experiences. And the extraterrestrials that come up the most, of course, are the greys. So was there any information given on how many other races were here? Are they here already? Um, you know, where they come from, what their purposes are, et cetera, et cetera. I think you know where I'm going with it.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. It was shown uh, at list uh, almost like 200 bodies of other ETs from other planets, on the planet Theoba. So Theoba is uh, one of the three Category 9 planets, and they have the role of being like a mentor to us. So if there are like three Category 9 planets, you can imagine that there are at least probably approximately 600 uh, other ETs um, in our galaxy. So And he actually met another ET from a different planet. And, um speaking of the grace yes he was uh, told about the grace on earth they did come here and implant certain devices on certain people but not as many people as as many people claimed okay. so as of 1985 when he received a telepathic message about the grace um, he was told that uh, There were only about 150 people or so at that time that had implants uh, by the greys. They did the implants uh, just to observe us, to see how we respond to our uh, increasingly uh, troublesome immune system. Hmm. Since 1948, our immune system has been decreasing year after year, and the greys have the same issue. So they're trying to see to learn from us how we respond to the same situation. Mm. Because the greys, uh, they're a dying species. They also come from a category of one planet. And so they're also from a planet of sorrows like us. Um, oh, so we that-
2: category one as well. That really sucks. <laughs> oh, God, <Greece>. great. <laughs> okay. And,
0: <laughs> and I, would, I would interject one thing. I know that the U.S. government is collaborating with the greys to gain their technologies. Mm-hmm. I would say if you want to learn something, learn from the master, learn from the best, learn right. from our, uh, ET um, from a category nine planet, not from a, a category another category one. Category one. <laughs> right,
2: right. So, do you think that the government and militaries from around the world are emulating um, some of these, let's say, gray abductions? by microchipping people and leading us to believe by maybe messing with our memories, like we as humanity, um, to lead them to believe that they're being taken by grace to cover up what they're doing?
0: Uh, I believe so. I believe so, there's evidence on that. Um, I think, uh, remember that uh, when Michelle de Marquet was uh, taken onto their spaceship, they disinfected him using yellow light and blue light. And also his astral body had to leave his uh, physical body so that they could, they could do the cleansing, the disinfection process more thoroughly. It's blue light. Um, so I think the government, they, they had the technology to imitate or simulate right. a similar, like this kind of horrifying experience, making right. people think that they were abducted by this uh, gray aliens. I think the grays are nice aliens. They don't harm us. If people feel this kind of fear or kind of um, damage down to their physical body, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think those are done by, by ETs per For se. ETS, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, Do you I think, think so. that it's a possibility that it's military?
0: I, I believe so.
2: Thank you. We're you fit in perfectly mind. here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're of the same mind yeah. with that. So here's a question that came up earlier, because um, Virginia, it was. Must have been figuring out what was coming. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Hello, Virginia Earl. What do you know about cow mutilations? Do you believe they are connected to UFOs?
2: Or
0: or
1: military? (laughs) (laughs) I I can read Michelle's mind. Yes. I
2: know. Speaking of reading minds. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're
0: connected to the military. Um, For one thing, the ETs, if they want to get something, they can actually materialize everything they wanted. At least uh, the Theobans can do that. They really don't need anything from Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, not yeah. to mention about cows. They, they could materialize a lot of things that we cannot even imagine. They can actually make a dog human being within 24 hours. They can really make a human being. Uh, why would they kill or mutilate the cows? When, they, they can when they're so bears. gentle,
1: too, though, but they're gentle yes. beings, right? yes right, and
0: speaking right. of the other people may say oh maybe they're down by the other lower level ets i would say that according to universal law the ets are not to interfere or to really intervene with <laughs> our lives in a negative way so mm-hmm. if they do so um we have uh, mentors like the theobans and the theobans actually said to to michelle de marquet that um, they're constantly monitoring the activities of the Greys, just to make sure that no damage is done onto us. Mm-hmm. And if they, if any other ETs uh, are to do anything damaging to us, they mm-hmm. would have intervened against them. And, and on the other hand, I want to also say this, that Michel de Marquet was told that we are really not ready to explore the moon or the, or the universe because... Mm-hmm. Um, we are still fighting against each other. Mm -hmm. In in other sense, the other other means is that um, if we are to explore the universe, we would be the invaders. And uh, this group of ETs, the Theobans, would prevent us from doing so. So they wouldn't allow us to do any damaging things to other planets. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't allow other people from other planets to damage us.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. So
0: part yeah. two of the question then.
1: Oh my no, yeah. gosh, I can answer that. Virginia yeah. Earl, what's the purpose of the military mutilating cows?
2: Mm-hmm. Do you... Any thoughts on
0: that? I don't have any knowledge. We don't know. we okay,
2: can I answer that? Oh, sure, go ahead. <laughs> Virginia, <laughs> I keep our the listeners purpose, happy.
1: the purpose behind it is to instill fear. In, in the world and fear in civilization so that you fear these beings.
2: That's right. False flags. Yep. <laughs> False flags, I think, is what they're trying to promote to fear the day, I think, where where maybe they want to make more of a public contact. A lot of people having contact, but I think Amelia nailed it right on because that's instilling fear will make people hesitant to want to deal with extraterrestrials who will, you know, maybe tell you the truth the way Michelle got the truth. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember that uh, when I was uh, into this field uh, like 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I read a lot of research done by Linda, and I had a lot of uh, kind of puzzles and and this kind of uh, gruesome feeling, and I really didn't want to explore further. Mm -hmm. But then I also did some research on how the world is run, and I really... Admire the courage of uh, um, some of the researchers who had uh, government whistleblowers um, saying that the government really, the US government, had the technology to do such things like uh, cattle mutilations Mm -hmm. or uh, imitating the horrifying abduction experiences. Mm -hmm. I I do think that uh, uh, the world, our world, uh, is not what uh, it really appears to be there are mm-hmm. some um, government operations to to really kind of uh, transport drugs illegal drugs across mm-hmm. the border mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to provide financial resources to certain government organizations mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's really people need to to be aware of it
2: Absolutely, I
0: I
1: agree with you completely, especially when it comes to um, the criminal side of it. Uh, No one is untouchable. The higher the government, Mm -hmm. I believe, more corruption is behind a lot of these leaders. There, and it, and as we've had people on before, other guests have said, the level of government that you see in the White House or in Canada with the prime minister. It's not the government that is making these decisions and doing these things. These are lower levels that even the leaders of our our countries are not aware of what's going on. There's no mm-hmm. need for them to know. They're not there permanently. Mm-hmm. These are government associations, companies, agencies that are military.
2: Mm. So it seems that military you have has to be their military hand
1: trained in... to be like that. You would have yeah. to be. You wouldn't be able to be out in the field unless you were military trained.
2: Yeah, they have their hand in pretty much everything it would seem. Um, yeah, we'll put this right here. Has a spin-off of that? No, sorry, no, it's okay. Man.
1: No, Wayne, he said I saw his his comment. comment. Yeah. yeah. MJ guest, Hello, MJ. Why is the government in charge of informing the public? Uh, you voted them in. I don't <laughs> that's well, a good question. It
2: sounds to me like they're they're responsible for giving all the bad experiences with this so
1: you know governments in charge of informing you of many things not just that yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm. speaking of the media control yes and it's it's really a major issue especially in the last uh, two years or so mm-hmm. a lot of the messages cannot really get out even by licensed medical doctors in the united states mm-hmm um, and on certain issues, they get censored too. So if they censor licensed medical doctors in the U.S., who else? Land of the censor? free,
2: yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, exactly. exactly. If they can do it here. They can do it everywhere.
1: Yeah. Okay, and, and it's it's funny because there was a time before two years ago. I don't want to say the word so we get no. ripped off, mm-hmm. um, pulled off of YouTube. But there was a time before all of this chaos where there was so much trust and mm-hmm. blind faith. And I believe that what has happened in the last couple of years is kind of a nice. And it's got, I mean, and I always, tr- yeah, I yeah. always try to find the good in every experience, no matter how bad it is. I've always been that person that tries to find something good in it, that silver lining. And I believe that we're opening our eyes to the awakening. Yeah, somewhat. Mm-hmm. I believe a lot of people, a lot more that would have protested against us Mm. and said, no, you're crazy, are thinking, wow, this is really possible. Not so crazy. Not so crazy. So Steve White is asking, okay, while we're on this subject, what are your thoughts (laughs) on the men in black, a government agency, extraterrestrial, or both?
0: I think uh, it's just my personal opinion. They're actually um, government uh, agency collaborating with uh, um, different kinds of ETs and, and mm, coming out with really... uh, main black. They're real for sure.
2: Yeah, cause some of them look pretty obscure. Like yeah. they look really like,
1: I don't think they're so here. far off. I don't think they're <laughs> yeah. so far off from yeah. the film in that sense, not the comedic sense, but in the sense that they work together with them. I think they got that pretty dead on when they made that movie.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, as uh, Chinese myself, you know, I have the uh, advantage of reading information originally in Chinese. Mm -hmm. And there's one information I'd like to share with you. I want to see how people- Please, thank
2: you. Yeah, thank you. Uh,
0: Two years ago, um, it came out, Actually, it came out from a laboratory in China. And there are actually two parts of the laboratory. One was used uh, for civilian use, and the other was used for military purposes. And actually, it came out from the military portion of the lab. So that's why a lot of uh, the people were kept in the dark. Mm -hmm. So when, when some Indian scientists Uh, found out and published like a paper saying that there's some kind of uh, strange uh, inserts like uh, into this kind of uh, thing that's really strange doesn't seem natural that paper got put uh, away it disappeared in a few days so you can see the media control you can see how everything's going so being a chinese myself i tend to focus on the information from the whistleblowers um from China, mm-hmm. and uh, and I do believe that you people should really look look into it and to see if uh, you should listen to the government or you should really have your own independent judgment. Hmm, I
2: agree. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, oh, that's a long comment. one. Um, that's a long, Virginia,
1: yeah. 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 Uh, So the government wants us to fury ETs instead, but by mutilating cows, weird way to have us deflect our attention from the military. I will go into the Kashyyyk records to ask more. What it treats me is the way the parts of the cows are extracted and reported, that there have been no traces of blood around the mutilations, the body organisms have been extracted cleanly.
2: Maybe they're testing equipment. I have
1: to say something. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Virginia, the whole thing is you have to you. I'm because I look at this in a criminal way instead of political or or um, spiritually. Right now, um, the com- the agencies that are sent in to collect and to <laughs> examine these situations and these mutilations are government agencies. Mm. Pretty much answers that there. That's who's going in when they're checking these. They're not sending law enforcement. The lab that is examining this, if there is even a lab that is examining this are government agencies. We don't know what they found. We only know what they tell us. Next. Okay. Virginia asks, I wonder if the military might be holding ETs on Earth at any of their bases. Any thoughts?
0: Well, if they're able to hold any of the ETs, they're only able to hold the ETs from category or lower category of planets. Because you see um, the uh, ETs from category nine planet like Theoba, they can actually shapeshift. They can disappear all of a sudden. Like Jesus, um, mm-hmm. actually Jesus was sent by them to Earth to preach uh, spirituality and love and reincarnation and uh, life after death. So they are never going to capture any higher categories, levels of uh, ETs, uh, only the lower categories.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So next is going to be, since you mentioned it, I figure we're just gonna roll into it and take our chances (laughs) because it's a sensitive topic. You know, um, let's talk about um, the Bible. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about what's in it. Because there actually are accounts of extraterrestrials in the Old Testament. You know, if you look about Enoch and Ezekiel, things like that. And it rolls into some parts of, you know, the New Testament. Um, what was Michelle told about all of this?
0: Well, Michelle... Uh, he... Put your seatbelts on, kids. Here we go. <laughs> mm,
1: no emails. Send them to Joe Montalvo. <laughs> I know. Send them all to Samuel. <laughs> no, send them to Joe. <laughs> Leave Samuel alone. We like him. Yes. <laughs> okay,
2: go ahead.
0: So what Michelle was told that uh, this group of ETs are humans. The, Samuel, the, Uba, the Uba is pronounced very similar to Jehovah. So... According to this book, God, the creator, is God, the creator. Thanks. And what Bible mentions about Jehovah is actually Jehovah. So the Theobans actually were constantly monitoring our activities and sometimes intervene, helping us to guide us um, to, to the right uh, way of living. So they were actually involved in the destruction. Actually, they distracted the two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, as recorded in the Old Testament of the Bible. Uh, They did that because um, the people in the two cities were punishing the people who were compassionate. And they were setting a very bad example to people who were in contact with them. So they were like cancer cells, like malignant Uh, malignant uh, tumors. So when you have a tumor that's spreading to other parts of the body, you would uh, have to take it out, right? So so that's what they did. So they killed the people in the two cities and punished them in a way that um, setting example to the future generations. So people learned the right way of living for a period of time and people are forgetful. And then uh, about 12,000 years ago, um, they, like a group of uh, people from a category three planet, uh, the planet's name is called uh, Hebra. um, They were trying to relocate to another category three planet. But then there was some kind of uh, crash on their spaceship, uh, of their spaceship. So they crashed onto earth and uh, only three people survived. So that's the beginning of the Jewish people on Earth.
1: Oh, so were... that Hebrew, yes. Okay.
0: They were highly spiritual, and they uh, they they really were trying to survive on Earth. And uh, and and then afterwards, uh, because of uh, their discipline, their super intelligence, and other people on Earth were so jealous of them, and uh, Uh, because of their small number, so the Egyptians made slaves of them. And then when the Theobans, um, um, so they were monitoring everything that happened. So they decided to um, choose um, to help the Jewish people. So they uh, had uh, Moses come to earth. Actually, Moses was born like an Egyptian, according to the book, not a Hebrew. So he (laughs) led... The Hebrews out of Egypt. So they parted, the Theobans parted the sea, actually the Sea of Reeds, not the Red Sea, and mm-hmm. then um, led Moses, who led the Hebrews out of Egypt, and then wandered about three and a half years uh, to uh, Mount Sinai, uh, that location. So the here are the story of the Old Testament goes. Um, <laughs> so that's what happened in the Old Testament and then when they were when they were speaking to Moses they mentioned about the, the messiah so since then people the jewish people were hoping of uh, a messiah coming to rescue them actually when the Theobans spoke of the messiah they were speaking of Moses so Moses already was the messiah but people didn't know about it they only heard like a portion of their conversation so they were still hoping like a, another messiah coming to earth to rescue them. Okay. So after a few thousand years, um, and um, when the Jewish people were kind of uh, ruled by the Romans and things went down, uh, moral decay, and and, and um, the Theobans decided to help the people on earth again uh, to behave more spiritually. They decided to choose the Jewish people for a reason, because they were originally from Category 3 planet. They
2: mm-hmm. were
0: originally more spiritual. And they were originally very disciplined. So they wanted to create this kind of uh, phenomena, like someone um, fulfilling the prophecy of the Old Testament. Uh, so they inserted, they inserted embryo into Virgin Mary's uterus. So a uh, uh, someone amazing, someone fulfilling the prophecy was born from Virgin Mary. But because he was born, Jesus was born from Virgin Mary uh, by the form of an embryo, he had to go through what we call, what some people call the river of oblivion, forgetting everything that happened in his past lives, also forgetting all his abilities to to perform the miracles. So he, although he was highly spiritual, he was highly intelligent, very smart, he couldn't perform miracles. He went to India. So that's why some people say Jesus went to India. Mm -hmm. He went to China and then died in Japan. So that's why there's the tomb of Jesus Christ in Shingo village, Japan. So people can look it up. Shingo Village, Japan. Jesus Christ tomb, and
2: they, this is some place that they can go and actually see. Yes. So it's not like they're looking for some something, someplace, digging and not finding it, or maybe well they assume it's 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 in the Holy Land, but you're saying it is not.
0: Right. I wow. you know Japanese people in general; they're very honest. They document everything very uh, diligently, and they wouldn't yeah, make disciplined. Yeah, they wouldn't make up like a tomb of Jesus Christ for no reason. I mean, they No, they exactly. Yeah. There's no reason for them to do that. Right, right. Um, so that's the Jesus who couldn't perform miracles. So that's so, why when you read the Bible, you don't see any records of Jesus performing miracles before the age of 30, before he preached. No, you don't.
2: Mm-hmm. Not even
1: in the story of the young Messiah, you don't either. No, yeah. that's true. So. Then who gave did they give did they give Moses the Ten Commandments? Was that something that mm-hmm. was a part of it?
0: They did give the Ten Commandment, Commandments okay. to Moses. Yes. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. A comment. Um, so yeah, I'm in I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. It's very controversial. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I'm just so yeah. I'm just so surprised.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So here is a comment here, because he's disputing what you are saying. Amelia, can you get this?
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, I can't pronounce your name, so I'm just going to say Najila, your last name. I'm sorry. So this way I don't um, hashtag Najila. Sorry. Well, Moses was born of a Hebrew woman of the tribe of Benjamin. He was raised by the Pharaoh's daughter. He was not an Egyptian by birth.
0: Yeah, apparently, right. This is according to the Bible, according to the scriptures of the Bible, uh, but according to this book, uh, it says that there are some kind of uh, mistakes by the scribes who transcribed the Bible, mm-hmm. because the Bible, the Old Testament, was written like long time ago, and and this book is very specific and particular about uh, certain facts. It insists the author Michel Demarquet to mm-hmm. write everything. That he was told and not to change anything, mm-hmm. and so Michel de abide to their instructions to the letter. And he, if he was, if he were to cater to conventional wisdom, he mm-hmm. would have written, "Oh, Moses was born out of a, a, a Hebrew woman." He wouldn't, mm-hmm. he wouldn't dare to challenge the conventional wisdom. But mm-hmm. he did. Um, right.
2: Well we know we know that a lot of stuff was lost in translation. Many religious theologians have already found um errors in translation. Um I mean it, it it happens and that's why there's people who are still trying to find um the errors. You you mentioned one, you know, right away, the Red Sea and then the Sea of Reeds. You know, there's mm-hmm. been a lot to do with, with that as well, mm-hmm. um, with discrepancies and you know, There's a lot of people that lean to both sides of that. So feel free and continue, please.
0: So back to Jesus Christ. So because uh, the little baby Jesus born out of Virgin Mary couldn't perform miracles, and they ne- really needed someone to perform miracles so that his preachings, his messages were paid attention by the people at that time. Because people in the past, uh, as well as people in modern days, they wouldn't believe anything you say unless you're proven that you're different. You're the son of God, and they wouldn't really uh, care about what you, uh, like a common person, would say versus someone with uh, extraordinary. So they right. really had to have this kind of person who could show the ability to perform miracles, so that he could be believed by the people at that time. So what they did that they what they did was that they made like a body of uh, Jesus Christ that looked exactly like the Jesus who went to Japan. And then they went, they had one of them going inside of the body of Jesus and becoming Christ. So he remembered everything, remembered how to perform miracles. He remembered his purpose on earth, what's going to happen to him and uh, what his mission was. So he preached all his messages about love and spirituality, and he died on the cross and resurrected three days after, just to show that there is life after death and Mm -hmm. there is reincarnation. But somehow the concept of reincarnation got removed by the church councils, Mm. the Catholic church. And this book is very specific about this fact. It named the four different church councils that intentionally distorted the meanings or the original scriptures in the Bible. Hmm.
2: Wow. Um, well, that's a given. I mean, so much stuff was omitted. Uh, you know, left out. <laughs> so yeah. I wonder if
1: that stuff that's left behind is in the Vatican. Sorry, Michelle, <laughs> in that Vatican
2: library um we're just going to do a quick sponsor and station id yes. and then we will continue definitely <laughs> let me just get to my screen
1: thank you you are listening to the outer realm with michelle deroche and amelia pisano coming to you live on 105.3 fm radio from the gorgeous city of new orleans Tonight's guest is Samuel Chong, and we are discussing the Theuba. I hope I said that right. Prophecy. <laughs> Shout out and thank you to the amazing people at Folger's Coffee for fully sponsoring our show from day one. Thank you for your support and your continuing sponsorship. We truly, truly love you, and nobody loves you as much as we do. A huge thank you for our outro and intro, Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, award winning composer and musician. You can find his music on Amazon and Bandcamp, Bandcamp rather, and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Right now, he's been loading a lot of clips of the new music ready for Halloween. And Justin's music is perfect for that because if you heard it our is. intro and outro, you would know. Stream or listen our archives on the platform you normally use. Please remember, if you're there right now, subscribe and give us a like. Thank you.
2: There we go. Here's a good question, Zachman. Hello, Zachman. Hi, Zach. Is there any correlations
1: forward slash scripture between Shinto and Buddhism that verifies that Jesus physically made his way to Japan?
0: Well, there are a lot of, uh, there are some Japanese, ancient Japanese scriptures that talked about the ETs from other spaces. And um, I don't know how to pronounce that, but because I read in in kanji, uh, I don't know how they're pronouncing Japanese, but uh, it documents like flying saucers and ETs going to Japan. Uh, Mm. Speaking of Buddhism, um, in this book, Theoba Prophecy, um, the highest praise it gave to an earthling, someone born on earth, was actually the Buddha and uh, it says that buddha really had this kind of um, realization of um, of the truth and he um he was someone extraordinary having um having been born on earth but finally realizing everything that happens um what, what the facts are and so this is uh, the highest praise it gave to to earthling um, so I think uh, Buddhism has uh, is a lot of uh, the uh, interesting uh, concepts.
2: Oh, I love it. I love it. It seems as though, um, you know, ET has been a part of our history um, predating, I mean, going back thousands, tens of thousands of years, really. Um, so we we must assume that they live here, right? They did have, they've come here. They've had jump off points in the moon to here. So we know they must have settled here. And some people believe that some of these extraterrestrials are in fact us, but from the future, um, you know, maybe they're, they're trying to intervene in some way. Why watching everything that's going on right now, do you think that they're not intervening?
0: Well, um, I think, um, uh... They are giving the opportunity to us to respond to the challenges that we are facing right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use an analogy. When you want to teach your child um, like a mathematical problem, how to solve a problem like three times five, you wouldn't just give the answer 15 to your child, you would show your child the concept, your daughter the concept. Three times five is actually Five plus five and plus five, mm-hmm. so that your your daughter would actually learn uh, the concepts and figure out the solution on her own. And uh, similarly, we are facing a lot of challenges here on Earth. We are given the opportunity to respond to the situations we have right now. It doesn't mean they're going; they are not going to intervene. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, they intervened many times in the past. For example, they took Enoch. To away mm-hmm. away, yes. I remember yeah. So Michel de Marquet was given the book, the book of Enoch. After mm-hmm. he read it, he was really amazed, and he me like, too. <laughs> 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 yeah. he, he suggested everyone to read it because uh, it's very similar to what he experienced. The descriptions in the book of Enoch are very similar to what he saw and heard and experienced. And I want to bring your attention. What happened to Enoch? He was instructed to write a book. A few decades later, his grandson, his great-grandson Noah, was instructed to build an ark. Mm-hmm. What happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm <giving> a hint.
2: <laughs> there we go. It doesn't yeah. mean that now.
0: No, it's interested. true.
2: No, it's true, though. But, but, you know, history has a way of repeating itself. Yes, and this is a fine example yes. anybody who hasn't read the book of Enoch I highly recommend you read it because it will literally it is an awakening experience you know people don't realize how much of this stuff is in the scriptures yeah. and how much of this goes back even to the Gnostic texts which is predates you know like tons of, of, of this religion Christianity for sure <laughs> you know but it's it's all in there if you just have your open mind and when you you know recognize it when you're reading it's some of it's like as they say hidden in plain sight but um, so they did intervene in a way by telling you know Enoch but eventually it went to Noah to build the ark you know and then you have of course you have this big you know catastrophe this world flood um, do you think that this is this book is here to warn us again of something that's coming. Exactly. And if so, what are we sh- what are we supposed to prepare for? Should we build another ark? Like what's, hmm. not a metaphor, but <laughs> you know.
0: Exactly. I see although the book is titled Theoba Prophecy, uh, this book is actually a book of warnings, another warning to us to mend our ways, to follow the path of spirituality and it actually gives a solution and uh, the solution lies in the book um, the description of uh, what happened on another planet in which uh, the planet, one of the countries on the planet was ruled by a dictatorship mm-hmm. uh, under authoritarian regime. There are four people who preached love and spirituality and they had the uh, they used uh, a protest um, using non-violent resistance. Mm -hmm. So they just uh, sat outside of the palace of that country and uh, using their feeble voices and preached about uh, the importance of um, people loving each other and also the same messages preached by Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And then being an authoritarian regime, they asked them to leave and they didn't leave. They persisted and they killed the four people uh, using guns. And then after the four people died, six months later, the population of the country realized what how important it was to form a concerted action so that everyone can be united and to preach and to, to act. Um, against the the government. So a strike was formed. Everyone acted together using nonviolent protests. They didn't have any violence. They didn't really cause any troubles. And um, just everything was shut down. The police joined the strike, the doctors, and also everyone joined the strike. So the country was in a meltdown, and then the power, the regime backed down, and they decided to listen to the people. So that's how the entire country changed, by a concerted action of the people from a grassroots level. So the reason Michelle met this ET, telling him what happened Um, to the country on their planet was actually a way of telling us we can really act together if we have the same conscious mind. When we have a strike in a nonviolent way, uh, we lose little. Um, But the the people, the special interest groups, they lose big. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be effective. They're afraid of us. Mm-hmm. There are of other people, the governments and the special interest groups. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the idea that's um, been uh, uh, promoted or issued uh, in in the other book that I translated from German into English. Mm-hmm. Um, the 334 Lies mm-hmm. um, that, that uh, supposedly to be written by the highest chair of the secret society that started in Germany. It says that even though the higher levels of their people, uh, they have different levels. The highest levels, the people there, they have um, supernatural abilities. They can mm-hmm. let it, they can uh, use uh, astrology to predict what's going to happen in the future. And they have all these uh, mind control abilities, but they're afraid of the people. If people mm-hmm. get together, form like a group, and then have this kind of uh, united conscious mind, they cannot defend themselves. They cannot really mm. do anything against it. Mm-hmm. So it's the power of the people that they're afraid of. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. I, I, you know, I think it's an awakening that needs to take place. I think just going through, for example, you know, Michelle when he's trying to tell his account writing the book, people to believe him. People need to, I think people need to see things. And basically we need something physical. They need to see something to lead them. They just can't take your word for it. Sometimes <laughs> it's right in front of your face and you still refuse to see it. Maybe it's because people don't like change. People don't like being, you know, rattled out of their their comfort zone. So they're they're are not too quick to move in any situation, you know, in any situation. Um, Virginia's asking, Emilia.
1: Thank you. What's the name of the secret society in Germany?
2: If you can say.
0: <laughs> it's, it's very interesting because the book never mentions about the name of that secret society, but I did some research. There are some strange languages in each chapter of the book, and I Googled, by typing in those kind of strange languages or sentences. Mm -hmm. I found the same languages appearing on the websites of the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. If you check it out, Illuminati was uh, founded in Germany. So there you go.
2: Oh, it could be a whole other show. Mm -hmm. There we go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, Najila says Ukraine went through such a change in 2014, a united conscious, sorry, as you say.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it happens um, in spurts. You know, uh, here's a comment by Wayne.
1: Yes, Enoch was visited by E.T. I can't quote it, but it was something like, Enoch walked with the angel, his feet firmly upon the ground, and the angel showed him the kingdom of heaven heaven in the palm of his hand. I need coffee, Folgers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wayne yeah. also says that was similar to looking at a picture held in memory of a tablet or cell phone, but Enoch would not have any basis to understand what he was looking at.
2: Can't, something in the palm of your hand would definitely look like a form of technology yeah. for sure. You know, so for him, that would have been like, well, quite advanced
0: if you really look at uh, the book of Enoch and also what uh, the Bible uh, mentions about Enoch, he was actually physically taken by, by God or Deuba or Jehovah. Mm. Mm. And uh, speaking of this book, again, I want to emphasize that there are specific verifiable details that people can look up. For example, when the ETs um, <clears throat> disinfected Michel de Marquet, they used uh, yellow light and blue light if you look at the paper written by a professor from Harvard Medical University or medical school, they're right. um, going to find out that uh, the blue light has antibacterial antiviral effects. And they use the blue light to disinfect him. That was a surprise to me, but it got verified by modern science. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It also mentions about, like, the the tomb of Jesus Christ in in Shingo Village, Japan. Remember, this book was written in the late 80s. There was no internet back then. Michel de Marquet never traveled to Japan in his entire life. There was no way he could have known that there was a tomb over there.
2: That's a good point.
0: Yeah. And also, it also mentioned about the, the needles in space. In the 1960s, uh, it mentioned that uh, this group of ETs uh, was directly involved in removing the needles in space that the U.S. government sent out. So I looked it up. In the 1960s, uh, twice, the U.S. government, NASA, sent out like three hundred millions of copper needles into space, hoping to improve the telecommunication systems at that time. Um, And then they disappeared. So this matches what it says in the book. Uh, The ETS did this because they believed that it was going to cause a lot of damage to the people on Earth. That's why they removed the needles. Mm -hmm. So this kind of little details can be verified. So this Mm -hmm. is unlike any other book.
2: are there any other details that we, we I mean, it shows sure all kinds that, that we didn't cover, but feel free to enlighten us on a few more as we do have some time.
0: Yes. It talks about the hydrogen engine. Written in the 1980s, late 80s, uh, it says that the hydrogen engines were already invented by scientists on Earth. But because of the special interest groups, the petroleum companies, um they got surprised and the uh, Theobans uh, are asking us to take care of the environment by using hydrogen engines that <laughs> run on water. Um, so I did some research. <laughs> you know, there is an American guy named, the engineer called uh, Stanley Meyer. Mm-hmm. He actually invented a car that ran on water in the <laughs> That's 70s. Right.
2: and I bet you it disappeared. I think he
1: <laughs> so did, didn't he disappear?
0: Yeah, he he, got, yeah. uh,
1: he yeah. was the one that disappeared
0: yeah
1: he, he um, brought that to the attention of the government when he was seeking patents and, and things like that and then he went missing. That's right yeah
0: yeah so I so know he his
1: car but he he never came back. his family mm-hmm. never saw him again.
0: He was poisoned um, yeah. and I know how I know how he did it. So you know there are different vibrations that cause resonance effect. Mm -hmm. But when you have a certain frequency vibration and that resonance with the covalent bonds of hydrogen and oxygen, they can actually break the covalent bond Mm -hmm. of water. So that you can actually, after hydrogen and oxygen separate, you can actually use the hydrogen as a source of energy. So that's what he did. He actually had this kind of device sending out a specific frequency that broke the uh, covalent bond of water. Um, But he made a mistake because he tried to uh, seek profit. Mm. So he tried to patent it. Um, Actually, a lot of people made the same mistakes because uh, a lot of other people after him invented the same thing, but it never got commercialized because they were always thinking, oh, I got this great revolutionary technology. I'm going to apply for a patent so I'm going to profit from it. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that uh, there are people monitoring all the patents. Once mm-hmm. they try to file the patent, um, they're going to go after you. And the patent mm-hmm. will never be issued because it involves uh, the national security, quote unquote, national security. Mm-hmm. So whenever a patent has a technology that the concerns with uh, national security concerns, They don't approve it, they don't issue it. No. So what they need to do, I'm telling you this, I'm telling you the solution, (laughs) that they have to have an altruistic, altruistic mind Mm -hmm. to really broadcast this kind of technology when they're actually making it worldwide immediately, and not to seek for Mm self-benefit. They can actually benefit later, but in the very beginning. They have to spread the technology as widely as possible and to have as many manufacturers to actually make it as possible mm-hmm. um, and by this way, um, they are not able to suppress it anymore if um, a lot of manufacturers know how to do it mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah right like completely completely with you on that. <laughs> Um, There's so much I could say. I'm just trying to just not get us into any trouble. Mm. (laughs) So Mm. um, big picture, Um, their final, what they they really stress, their, their final, I guess, is it prophecy for us, things to come? What do we need to be the most concerned about? What should we be working towards? Like aside from spirituality, what should we be bracing ourselves for? Are we are we getting into another war? Of, you know, have they have they given any information on that
0: end times? Yeah. Yes. So this book superficially touches a lot of topics. It's asking us to do additional research on the topics mentioned in the book. Mm-hmm. And I did some research, but my research is far from enough. Um, and I'm um, being a Chinese myself. I know uh, the Chinese uh, Communist Party, the government did a lot of terrible things to the Chinese people and to the people in the world. And I'm asking you, everyone, to really seek for uh, truth uh, or knowledge, material and spiritual knowledge, by looking at alternative media sources um, Mm -hmm. and suppressed that are suppressed by the mainstream media. Specifically, look for information revealed by Chinese whistleblowers. They're suppressed by not just the Chinese media, but also American media. I tried to send some websites to my friend on Facebook. I couldn't send it out. Mm. Um, So just uh, do your own research, investigation, uh, focus on uh, this one specific Chinese whistleblower that mm-hmm. resides in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles, mm-hmm. focus on him. And um, and also, just to learn that life doesn't end here. We have reincarnation. Life is a learning process. Mm-hmm. We learn by responding correctly and appropriately to life challenges. As a Chinese myself, I know there are going to be uh, financial crises coming up. It's going to affect every one of us. Be prepared when you have uh, life difficulties, life challenges. If you want to get a solution, you can connect yourself to your soul or your higher self by meditation, by having a meditation, or by having a good night of sleep. Mm -hmm. If the solution is good for your spiritual growth, it'll be provided to you, and you're going to know what to do. There's no need to go through an agent like a pastor to connect to God, mm-hmm. the source or creator. Mm-hmm. Because when God created us, it inserted a very tiny portion of itself to each one of us. So we are connected with God. Mm-hmm. There's no need for a third person to be <clears> the <throat> mm-hmm. mediator agent. Mm-hmm. So just meditate or have a good night of sleep. And uh, and, and should, we, should we be open to um, extraterrestrials trying to reach
2: out? We shouldn't fear that. We should open it and see, accept it. Because it's bound to happen, right? The, the, it's bound to happen. It's happening to people all over the world. Should we lose that fear?
0: Yes, I think we should lose the fear. Because right. uh, I believe uh, if the ETs can come to us, Mm -hmm. They have uh, passed the level of uh, having the intention to invade us. Uh, They wouldn't uh, take advantage of us. They're here to observe and probably to assist us.
2: Right. I agree. I agree. Okay, I'm going to put this out there. Answer if if you want to answer. I don't... uh... That's a big one. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves TikTok.
1: I'm one of those crazy people that's up all night. (laughs) Is TikTok owned by the CCP?
0: It is. Uh, Almost all the companies, all the companies from China, they're owned by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can tell you, they collect your information. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's That's the truth. They even control, for a certain extent, but history. as does
2: Facebook and Meta, social media is a collector of information. Yeah. I think. The website,
1: the internet, period. The I internet so. is as well. You go on a website to shop, it collects your information because then you're on Facebook and all of a sudden that department store, the, wherever you are buying online, yeah. all of a sudden is advertising on your Facebook timeline. I can but, think something in my head and all of a sudden the link is on Facebook for me too. I, th-
2: I think what it is with TikTok though is that you have a younger generation who are very free with their information. The more creators. So. Yeah. Yeah. Creators
1: information is taken. If you're watching, it's not the same because yeah. you're not connected. But mm-hmm. if you are a creator, you have mm-hmm. to sign into an account with them to create. Mm-hmm. And that's where they take everything, including a credit card. So, mm-hmm. if your kid is on TikTok, you should take a look at that.
2: Dun, dun, dun.
0: Well, as a <laughs> certified court interpreter, I can tell from my personal experience almost all of the companies owned by, uh, I mean, have yes. a connection with China, they're controlled by the Chinese government.
2: Wow. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Well, thank you for that. Uh, okay, we have one, we'll get one more question going back. to oh, Virginia.
1: Yes, a million-dollar question. Can you guess what percentage of the content of the Bible diverts from the original scripture?
0: Mm. I would uh, focus on the red-letter red, uh, red letter words in the New Testament, um, meaning that what Jesus spoke, that's actually the key messages in the Bible that people should focus on, not the other portions, because some of the other portions are actually... Um, either mistranslated intentionally or unintentionally Mm. so i would follow the teachings of jesus christ
1: you have to keep in mind that those scrolls were looked at how many hundreds of years later when they wrote the bible and they were fragile and they were broken they were piecing words together you think about that paper the papyrus is so delicate and plato hi plato says 80 percent
2: there we go. So oh, well, he's we're, clergy. So <laughs> <laughs> we're at that part of the show where you—it's time for you to promote yourself. How can people find you? Tell us what you've got coming up next. I think we might have to do another show, but with on, on, on your secret society books, we'll have to talk about that. We'll to, <laughs> <next> <laughs> to see if we're going to get us in any trouble or not. <laughs> we're we're oh, FM yeah. too. We have to behave. So, <laughs> but please,
0: yeah. So for that other book, I have to mention to you that uh, it's not for everyone because it's very graphic. It yeah. contains a lot of violence, torture, and also um, sex, sexual graphic uh, yes. descriptions. Yes. So it's not for everyone. Only the ready, the ones who are ready are meant to read that book. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, speaking of me, I'm going to be writing my own book in the future. Excellent. Um, in about a few months or so. Right. And uh, people can find me can find me by searching uh, Samuel Chong, or by going onto my website chinasona.org/slash-theoba uh, uh, as spelled here T-H-I-A-O-O-U-B-A, with a capital letter T, and uh, they can find uh, a lot of information about me and the book Theoba Prophecy. Mm-hmm. I just so.
2: ordered the book. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us, and I will send you off an email once um, once we're all off air and we're off the soundboard, and I always like to share how many people are actually listening in this evening, and people often go, <laughs> Yes, thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, so thank you again so much for joining us, and uh, I will be in touch, and we will talk about that of the book. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank okay. you, sir.
1: Have a good evening. <laughs> uh, thank you, Samuel.
2: Wow. That was a phenomenal show. Oh, my gosh. That was just so highly informative. And I bet you a lot of people here are sitting here thinking, I so did not expect that. What? <laughs> I know. What? That was a big wow factor. I literally ordered the book while yeah. he was speaking. All right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, so here we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Plato. Here we are. Thank you. Yeah, good luck. Haven't you. seen you
1: in a long time. Thank you.
2: Yeah. This, thank this, you,
1: Virginia, for all your amazing
2: questions. Exactly. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you Zach. So we are here at thank the end you of the show. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, we love that. There we go. Put those up there. Thank you as everybody chimes in. Um, but we have come to the end of the show. Huge thank you to Samuel Chong. Uh just so, so honored to have him join us when he initially emailed because we give our email at the end of every show and say if you'd like to be on the show. And he did. And boy, how lucky were we. So thank you, Samuel Chong. Thank you, for just Coffee. Thank you, Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker. Outer Realm the outer realm contact at gmail.com. The outer realm contact at gmail.com. Please don't message us on social media. Not Facebook. I surely don't have time to get to it. And I'm pretty sure Millie's feeling the same. But um you know please do we, we do get back to uh to you via email. So whatever platform you were watching on tonight, please um, like us up, subscribe, you know, whether it's YouTube, like us up on all the social media. We are in so many different places. Please check it out. Being a harpy, Folgers commercial, haven't harped in a bit. Let's get those Folgers commercials out. Mm-hmm. Let's go promote yourself and just make Come it on, about Zach. Folgers and it's like a double <laughs> whammy and everybody's happy, right? Come so. on, Zach. No pressure. <laughs> That's right. Um, next week, two more new people okay and it's going to be really really cool so Wednesday night we welcome for the very first time Alan B. Smith he's going to be discussing the paranormal UFOs with his own personal twists and experiences and he'll actually call himself a paranormal experiencer like this is really going to be cool so make sure you tune in Thursday night, I am freaking really excited because I have watched this TV show and really, really liked it. So for the first time, we welcome Kyle McDowell from the hit TV show, Alaskan Killer Bigfoot. And we are so pleased that he's going to be joining us and discussing his experiences (laughs) while filming this epic series. There's a lot of history attached to this. This isn't like a Bigfoot story. Mm -mm. This is a story of an area. This is a story of, you know, the Native American people trying to get back to an area. This is folklore, their oral history. There's lots with this. And Mm -hmm. I was just completely... So, so really, really honored um, that he's going to be joining us. Um, tomorrow night, uh, check in for the Church of Mavis and the Centralist, two really great back-to-back shows for a Friday evening. Um, and again, guys, I think, I think the Gray Zone Uncensored is going to be this Saturday, 6 to 8 Eastern, I think. Uh, what's the name is the Alaskan Killer Bigfoot? Just like that. check it out google it if you haven't heard of it it is just like another wow factor moment so anyway everybody have yourselves a great weekend and we'll see you next week yeah good
0: good night